And so what we're doing is giving these kids here at Shepherd's Hill an opportunity to be immersed away from culture long enough into a subculture, which we, we would call a little bit of the kingdom of God. Uh, social media was supposed to bring folks closer to us, but it's brought those closer to us further from us in, in, in many ways. And yet schizophrenia and other things like it are a byproduct of sleep deprivation because these kids are sleeping with these things under their pillows for FOMO, it's called FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. If your yeah, listeners want a real treat, mm -hmm. uh, have them Google TED Talk. At, I think her name is Abby Jones. I think she's either 10 or 11 years old. Mm -hmm. And she gives about a 10-minute talk uh, begging parents, mm -hmm. begging parents to take smartphones away from their kids. Wow. Hey, everybody. I want to welcome you again to the Before You Quit podcast, where we want to bring courage and perspective when serving gets hard. And man, does it get hard sometimes. That's why we do what we do here on these podcasts. My name is Mitch Schultz, and I'm the director of a ministry called Fruitful Vine Ministry. I'm also the host of these podcasts, and I'm so glad that you're listening today. And as I often say, if you have any questions or anything that you want to share with us, please email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. Okay, so sometimes I wonder uh, how well I would do raising children, uh, even teenagers today. And may maybe all parents feel that way. They feel blessed that they're not having to raise children during the next generation, that in their generation was easier. Even those raising them now uh, will likely say someday that uh, they're happy that they raised their children uh, when they did, and uh, as their children are all now grown up, they're, uh, they're pleased they're not having to do in their current generation. Uh, one thing every parent who is seeking to raise godly children will say is it's not easy to do this in a culture that is becoming increasingly godless and, and even now promoting things that are completely antithetical to the gospel. Uh, perhaps one of our biggest challenges has to do with exposing or protecting our children to social media. I love watching my daughter today and her husband navigate this challenge so beautifully with our three-year-old granddaughter. Uh, in fact, sometimes we have conversations to make sure all the grandparents are on the same page as the parents. We want to respect how they raise them. And uh, we share the strict rules that my daughter and her husband have with our granddaughter. No YouTube, uh, no playing with a cell phone or an iPhone, no TV until the age of two. Uh, because apparently at uh, an early age, up till the age of two or three, the brain views images differently. They're obviously not captured by the narrative, but more by moving images. And they interpret this differently than we might think. Uh, and then, of course, uh, we share the, uh, the value of limited uh, watching TV. So lots of games, lots of outdoor activity when our granddaughter is visiting us. Also, lots of quiet time that we insist she has. In fact, I put a timer on, and when it buzzes, she knows it's time. And I tell her every time she comes up to me and asks me if it's time, I add five minutes to it. So that has helped. <laughs> It's fun. Well, this is uh, the kind of thing we're going to be talking about today with Trace Embry, who is the executive director and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. It's located just in about 12 miles from where I sit uh, in Martin, Georgia. Shepherds, Shepherd Hills Academy is a therapeutic resident program. Uh, mainly for teenagers who are in crisis. And in this podcast, we're going to discuss mainly with Trace the role that social media plays in our culture today and what godly parents need to know as they seek to raise godly children. Uh, Trace and Beth Embry have a heart and passion for parents and youth of today's culture. 
Uh, Trace and Beth began their married life in Chicago in 1980, along with being entrepreneurs and prominent business owners. Uh, Trace served as a police officer in their hometown after graduating uh, at the uh, Indiana Law Enforcing Academy in 1978. Trace and Beth felt the Lord's prompting to full-time ministry and attended a college, Tacoa Falls College here where I live, and extensive training to prepare them for working with troubled teens. Shepherd's Hill Academy was founded in 1994, and the Embrys live on the campus, and they minister and counsel each resident along with larger, a large professional staff. Uh, Trace and Beth have five children of their own and four grandchildren. Uh, hey, I cannot wait for you to listen to this podcast with my good friend Trace Embry. Okay, I am in the studio, recording studio of Shepherd's Hill Academy with uh, Trace Embry. Uh, Trace, thank you so much for being part of this. Thank you for uh, having the courage to have me on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do this a lot. In fact, it's, it's rather ironic. I've, I've got my really tiny little mic uh, in your recording studio where you do a podcast yourself, and it's a much, much larger in Denver, uh, endeavor. Uh, than mine, but uh, so I've got my little mic here in the midst of all this fancy equipment. Well, I got my little me here. So. <laughs> there we go. We're good. Okay. Well, I was I was uh, I start out by telling you a little bit about my audience that it's uh, it's it's people in ministry and people who love ministry and and then I, I said something like it sure is hard or it's one of the hardest jobs that there is and you respond by saying <laughs> uh, no roofing roofing is, hard. is harder <laughs> ministries a breeze <laughs> it's obviously obviously something ministries a privilege yeah, yeah. Well, I know you did a lot of roofing yeah. well thank yeah thanks for doing this I'm excited about this I've actually been on the other end of this I think you interviewed me twice for your yeah, podcast absolutely so. yeah. Uh, all right, let's jump, uh, jump right in here. You, you're the director of a ministry or a school. It's actually an academy called Shepherd's Hill Academy. Uh, tell us what it is, and, and this is an important question I want to get to. Why does this exist? Well, the, <clears throat> excuse me, um, uh, this is allergy season here, and mm-hmm. I am totally tore That's up. That's why you have an entire gallon of water <laughs> Exactly. Uh, this exists uh, out of uh, obedience to God. I didn't want to do this. Uh, I... I moved from Chicago to uh, to go to Bible college, mm-hmm. thinking I was going to become a holy man, uh, go back and work in a church, and mm-hmm. uh, it worked out a lot differently. But midway through our Bible college experience, uh, God tapped my wife and me on, on the shoulder and said, uh, you need land for the ministry I've called you to. You're not going home. Um, so what was the burden at that time? Because you came to Tacoa Falls mm-hmm. College, and it was during that time that this, this idea or this vision yeah. started to confront you what what were you burdened about well that? the burden was is uh i i i saw the church becoming uh ineffective hmm. I, I not really meeting the needs of the people uh teaching them scripture no doubt that's certainly a need but not really doing a good job i felt and i think a lot of people like me mm-hmm. feel still feel uh, that they're not taking what Scripture says in principle and, and, and equipping people to apply it to the mean streets. Mm-hmm. And uh, with young people being more impressionable, uh, less uh, uh, set in their ways, mm-hmm. I felt like the Lord steered us in a direction that uh, discipleship was a, was a huge thing we needed to be involved with. And I did not want kids uh, living in my front yard, in mm-hmm. backyard, and which is literally uh, what you have now. Yeah, well, literally what I have now, uh, 24-7, 365. Mm-hmm. And the Lord made it abundantly clear to me through uh, a number of different circumstances, including the birth, life, and death of, of my son, 
that, look, if you're going to do true discipleship, these kids have got to live here. Mm. They've got to see how you do this thing called mm. life. And then you got to make sure that, uh, you know, right now we have 65 staff members, that they are doing this thing called life mm. in, a, in a way that is emblematic of how I've laid things out in Scripture. And anything short of that, you've you've missed the call. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, consequently, Shepherd's Hill Academy was birthed. Okay, okay. I would argue that <clears throat> what you're doing is part of church. That is absolutely the, the church. I, th- I think it's uh, what what you're, and I, I like what you're saying. Not disagreeing with it at all, but realizing that the church wasn't uh, looking seriously enough and effectively enough right. of how to meet certain. It's not certain an institution. In it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a building. It's a movement. It's people. You know, who are, yeah, but you know. Uh, uh, I think a lot of us in in, in ministry uh, have turned it into a career, mm-hmm. have turned it into a, a vocation. Uh, Oswald Chambers said something I thought was very profound. He said the church ceases ceases to be a spiritual society when it is on the lookout for its own enterprise. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of pastors see other churches as almost competition. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if it's not under their their tent with them at the helm, mm-hmm. it can't possibly be a legitimate move of God. Yeah. And I think when you look at uh, the Bible and who the disciples were and who all the Old Testament prophets were, these were these were mm-hmm. working people. These yeah. were people who who did not, uh, as a matter of fact, they were ridiculed yeah. for not being properly mm-hmm. educated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. ordained uh, or what have you. And they died for it. Yeah. And yet now... The so-called professionals, the clergy, uh, take their cues from these very unschooled mm-hmm. people who put the Bible together. Yeah, what, what I like, what, what I'm hearing is that, and again, this happens a lot, that uh, sometimes ministries or new movements will come out of frustration, uh, but God's in that. Uh, yeah. So I love, yeah, thanks Thanks for that that background. I, I'd like to dig in a little bit. So, uh, again, why, why does this exist here, and, and what do you do? Maybe you could explain a little bit of the... Well, the mission here, and why do kids come? How do they come? Yeah. Again, uh, not to sound redundant, but it exists because I was told to do this. Mm-hmm. My wife and I both feel strong that God said to do this. But it's to fill the need of, 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 of discipleship on a, uh, in a way that uh, I don't think the church can possibly uh, fulfill the way we're fulfilling mm-hmm. it, because we are with these kids 24-7, mm-hmm. 365. Uh, we're dealing with troubled teenagers. Mm-hmm. So these are strong okay. These are kid, teens in crisis. Teens in crisis, say. strong-willed kids who are set in their ways uh, for doing things really the wrong way. These are kids who are one foot in jail, one foot in the mm-hmm. grave. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it could be argued that maybe some of the Old Testament disciples and apostles, and I'm sorry, New Testament disciples mm-hmm. and apostles, Old Testament prophets, could have possibly turned into criminals if it, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with their strong will had they not been touched by the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so what we're doing is giving these kids here at Shepherd's Hill an opportunity to be immersed away from culture long enough <laughs> into a subculture, which we, what we would call a little bit of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. here for an entire year where they're unplugged from digital technology. Uh, they're, they're, they're basically being returned to their original factory settings. All right? So we're stripping them of, of all <laughs> modern conveniences. They build their own communities in the woods with no running water or electricity. Uh, they're, they're, they're having their brains wired up in a way that God has ordained they be wired up and not uh, perverted with the, the things of the world. Yeah, there's a lot of rewiring. A lot of rewiring <laughs> going on. Yeah, and, and we're, it's like an old piece of furniture, an old antique car. What you do is you strip it down to the, to the, the bare wood, the mm-hmm. bare metal. 
you pull the parts apart, you clean them up, you you you, you polish them up and uh, oil them up, put them all back together for for a new piece. And um, that's what what we're really uh, looking to do with these kids. Paul Harvey had a statement in, on his radio broadcast. Uh, actually, it was the name of his broadcast, I think, called The Rest of the Story. Mm-hmm. And that's what kids are getting here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're not being indoctrinated with a, uh, a postmodern relativistic worldview. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, matter of fact, they're being showed uh, how to uh, unravel all that and uh, uh, shown the legitimacy of a biblical worldview and the science behind it. Because mm-hmm. we don't do anything here that isn't scientifically backed, but it's also uh, uh, biblically backed mm-hmm. as well. And I think we're we're debunking the myth with a lot of these kids that science and and uh, scripture I, uh, are uh, polar opposites. One over the other. Yeah, now. it's not true. Uh, I mean, uh, e- even the Trinity, which a lot of people would say, well, that's illogical. How can you have serve one God and yet you say you serve three gods? You know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And you know, one one thing we have to remind our kids is, look, you're just doing your math wrong, because mm-hmm. one plus one plus one does equal three. <laughs> so I see what you're where you're mm-hmm. coming from with your with your logic. Mm-hmm. But when you do the math right, one times one times one is one, because mm-hmm. God is uh, Father's fully God, the Son's fully God, and the Spirit's fully yeah. God. So the kids are are en- enjoying and experiencing a again. I love I love how you put it a, a, a kind of a, a, a portion or the sense of the kingdom of God here. Absolutely, uh, because they're seeing. And what, it, excuse me, but what is the kingdom of God? It's righteousness, mm-hmm. peace, yeah, yeah. and joy yeah. in the Holy and, Spirit. And it is it is so counter to to culture. And, right. So uh, you've been doing this for how many years? Well, we've been here since 94. Okay. What have you seen, uh, again, when we're going to talk a little <clears throat> bit about social media, or more generally maybe the things that influence or impact uh, teens that, sure. that create this crisis or that bring them into crisis? Fuel it. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> you've, since 94, you've seen a, a lot of change in culture. Yeah, oh boy. Uh, but what, what burdens you the most? Because it's it's rapid, isn't it? The change, of it, the, it, it the really effect is. of uh, of of social media, for example, that uh, yeah. that teens have today versus even ten years ago. Yeah, you know, ten years ago when smartphones first come out, it really changed the game field for us in uh, what we were dealing with with these kids. The, the degree of narcissism and no empathy whatsoever, mm-hmm. loneliness. I mean, the very thing that social media was supposed to, you know, to help solve mm-hmm. connect people with each know, other is yeah. is, is really. A, a, been counterproductive. Uh, kids are killing themselves now because they're lonely. Mm-hmm. They have no hope. Mm-hmm. Uh, social media was supposed to bring folks closer to us, but it's brought those closer to us further from us in, mm-hmm. in, in many ways. Um, and 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 consequently, a lot of people are hurting kids in particular, and hurt people hurt people. Mm-hmm. And you see that happening on social media all the time. These kids lashing out where the school bully is no longer left at 3 o'clock at the school. The school bully comes home with them and is virtually torturing their, these kids mm-hmm. round the clock. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, a lot there's of these, no escape, yeah. Yeah, and a lot of these mm-hmm. kids are uh, are suffering from sleep de- de- uh, deprivation, mm-hmm. which doctors are diagnosed with schizophrenia and all these other things. And yet schizophrenia and other things like it are a byproduct of sleep deprivation because mm-hmm. these kids are sleeping with these things under their pillows for FOMO, it's called FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out. And parents are are naive enough to let their kids go in their own bedrooms, close the door, sleep with these things under their pillows, mm-hmm. not knowing that the kids are, are, are uh, awake all night checking their, their, their social media site, then mm-hmm. going to school, drowsy, can't keep awake in school, can't pass or they cheat to, to get through school. And then uh, a lot of the kids that come to Shepherd's Hill are on 
on sleep medications mm-hmm. to go to bed at night, and and, and that's a, that's about a two day fix here. Yeah. You just keep them keep them awake all day, and by the time they go to bed at night, mm-hmm. they're ready to go to sleep. But parents aren't doing this. Parents are missing things that are hidden in plain sight, mm-hmm. and. You know, it's like the emperor's new clothes. They sh- they should be able to say, "Hey, the emperor's naked," but mm-hmm. everyone's afraid to do it. Yeah, there's fear. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. Um, you know, we took custody of two kids. I've talked a good bit about that in these podcasts. And uh, the boy was 12 years old when he came to us, and he had his own computer that he'd been given by his mom before she passed away. Yeah. And I remember the first night I got up at like two in the morning, and I could see a light from under- underneath his door. <laughs> mm. So the next day. We uh, we got rid of that, uh, but there again, there's that. My is he going to reject me because of this? And so what? Exactly, I say so exactly. what? Let oh, him reject oh, you. That's only for yeah. a season, yeah. and that's the thing that parents don't want to deal with. Mm-hmm. They don't want to deal with any negative side of yeah. what the Bible calls discipline. If yeah. you don't discipline your son, then then you don't love your son. Yeah, and and, and interestingly, they they re, uh, later will respect you they for absolutely it, uh, particularly if, if if you're consistent with it. Yeah, and a lot of the counseling that I do with pastors and and missionaries, even people community when the social media in fact it comes up a lot with kids when yeah. I when I uh, work with parents and they're struggling with the kids it, it usually has something to do with uh, with social media I mean that's not the root problem but it's it's exact like yeah. you said it's fueling it if your and listeners then, want a real treat mm-hmm. uh, have them google TED talk at I think her name is Abby Jones I think she's either 10 or 11 years old mm-hmm. and she gives about a 10 minute talk uh, begging parents, mm. begging parents to take smartphones away from their kids. Wow. Now, wow. Th- this is a 10-year-old. Now, I'm sure some of this was written for her because I can't, or 11-year-old. I can't imagine her being that articulate at that age. She may be 12. Yeah, maybe I, she was told to do it or else she'd lose her cell phone. Could be. Could be. But she's begging the parents to take the thing yeah. away. I've been, I've been advocating on our broadcast for parents uh, that no minor should have one of these addictive adult toys. What, what's Period. the age? What's Go the to your age? legislators and, and and petition them to have mm-hmm. this outlawed. Uh, Eighteen and under. If if they're mm-hmm. if they're one hundred and eighteen and they're living in your home, they're a dependent. And 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 you you say one of the conditions of living yeah. in my home, you don't get one of these. When you become a de- when you become a uh, an independent, and you can afford your own place and your own bills and your own smartphone, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. I don't have to stand before God and say, hey, you know. Why did you let your kid, yeah, you know, yeah. you want a millstone hung around your neck for causing them to stumble? I don't, yeah. right? So none of my yeah, kids. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll link that uh, that TED Talk um, to the website. Trace, I, I, one of the things that's impressed me in, in the several years I've known you uh, and, and the medium that you use is your podcast. That's one of the connections outside. It's called Licensed to Parenting, and I'll put the link on for that too. Because I think what's going on here, what you – what you're experiencing here at Shepherd's Hill, and I'm going to ask you in a minute to describe what happens to teens when they're here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you, part of your purpose of your podcast is to is to say, hey, uh, it doesn't have to just happen here. Uh, these are principles. This idea of the kingdom of God, kids appreciating that, understanding what it means to live in a in a spiritual, godly environment characterized by righteousness is really available to everybody. And right. so one of my purposes here is to talk about what's happening here uh, that can encourage parents, pastors, people in the church mm-hmm. as well. So what do you, what, what is happening to teens when they come here? How, how, how do they change? 
Because there, there's a tremendous success, right, yeah. isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, we're also, in addition to podcasts, we're on over 500 terrestrial radio stations right, across right. the country, around the world. Yeah. And we are a proving ground. It's not like we're just theorizing mm. about this stuff mm. and, and then, you know, passing it on. Uh, we see the change in real time with these kids. And I think what most parents don't realize is that raising kids in, a, in today's 2019 American culture is hazardous to your health. Mm. The culture by itself, and by culture, I'm talking about the education system. We, we, we see what's going on in the, in the colleges, okay? Mm-hmm. It's down into the elementary schools. Uh, the kids are being indoctrinated with LGBT mm-hmm. uh, ide- ideology and the fact that Christians are the, are the haters, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's in our news media. It's in our politics. Uh, it's certainly in our entertainment. It's, it's, it's permeated entertainment. And it was I think it was Andrew Fletcher who said, you know, let me write the songs of any nation. I don't care who makes the laws because we follow the arts. Mm. And, and when I'm done here, I'm going to be interviewing uh, a, a lady named uh, Abby Johnson who uh, was a former Planned Parenthood director who now uh, wrote a book and is coming out uh, with a film yeah. uh, called Unplanned. I, I saw her interviewed on, on TV. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, film is a tremendous uh, tool mm-hmm. for indoctrination. And I think uh, I, kudos to guys like Ted Bear and others who finally, and the filmmakers who are realizing that film, we need to be getting our message out about the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ in film because that's where, you know, in the arts, the media, uh, entertainment, Mm -hmm. that's where uh, people are taking their cues from. Um, We're doing, we're always, we always seem to be about five steps behind the secular world when it comes to things effectiveness and it didn't used to be that way it used to be the the secular world took their cues from us and uh, they kind of raced ahead of us and uh, to stay relevant we're now taking our cues from them afraid to pass Mm -hmm. them up like the smartphone thing Mm -hmm. if christians would take uh christian parents would take the lead in this petition their legislators and say let's make a law against this because this is killing an Mm -hmm. entire generation of kids licensed parent was the first media platform to take a stand like that. We had Tucker Carlson from Fox News on about three months ago. A month later, he's now saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. Now, I would like to think that we influenced mm-hmm. him to, 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 to be bold enough to mm-hmm. broadcast something like that uh, on a national platform uh, as, as big as he has. I'm not going to take credit for that, but I'm saying if, if, if guys like Tucker Carlson and others will take that, that stand, we can, we can turn this thing around over time, but it, just like cigarette smoking, it, 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 public opinion had to change mm-hmm. on that over yeah, decades yeah. and decades until the truth. Yeah, we've we've had enough out. to lo- enough to right. uh, re- assess here and see the damage and the impact. The of, evidence is yeah, there. Yeah. The facts and figures are there. The data is there uh, as to what this is doing to our kids' brains, and and the advantage we have here at Shepherd's Hill is those kids aren't taking five mm-hmm. steps backwards. For every four, they're taking forward. Mm-hmm. In, in learning about God and dr- drawing into a relationship with mm-hmm. him because to some degree they are sequestered from what culture is actually doing to them. Yeah. So, yeah, so, so uh, again, I'm, I, I want you to explain what happens here, mm-hmm. the, the change that happens here, because it is, as, as you just insinuated, it's, it's spiritual. It's meeting Christ. It's all spiritual. This is, this is, this yeah. is a, a highly uh, uh, faith, biblical-driven, Christ-centered right. ministry. So what, what, what happens here? The, most of the kids that come here, the teens, what, 
What are they like a year later? Well, they're polar opposite. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are kids who are coming here shaking their fist at God or not believing in God at all, uh, largely because their parents do believe yeah. in God yeah. uh, and yet have not been the greatest models mm -hmm. for a, a Christian life. And so uh, in the course of their, of their time here, uh, again, they're not going to be negatively influenced by uh, social media or the entertainment arts. Because they're removed from it. Because they're removed from it. Uh, not completely, because we will take them out mm -hmm. to a movie. Okay. Uh, to, we'll take them to a show. If Hollywood puts out a good movie, we want them to yeah. see it with redemptive value. It doesn't even have to be an overtly Christian movie. Mm -hmm. But something with redemptive value. We want, we want them to see that there are people who think like yeah. us. We're not a cult that is isolated on one corner of God's earth. And we, we, have, we think we have the market cornered on truth. We'll take them to other churches, to other venues. We take them to a thing called Truth for a New Generation, which, you know, they'll meet people like Ben Carson and, and Lee Strobel and some of these other people so they can see pe that there's a whole nother group of mm -hmm. human beings out there yeah. that have this worldview. But what's happening with, with, with digital technology is, and this is what parents need to know, it's, it's reshaping these kids at the cellular level. Their brains are being restructured mm -hmm. to where their critical, constructive, and creative thinking capacities are starting to, to go away. Mm -hmm. And so a parent can give their kid their best argument. They can have the evidence. They could film it. And the kid will still say, because of his postmodern mm -hmm. relativistic indoctrination, that's just your opinion, yeah. Mom. Yeah. That's just your opinion, Dad because that's the default uh, response to a person who's been brainwashed with postmodern thought. You and I, we grew up into it. We, mm -hmm. we, it, 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 it affected us, but we weren't born into Gradually, it. Gradually, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm fascinated. You know, my daughter works here, as, yeah. as you know. Right. <laughs> and uh, our granddaughter's three years old. And I think this, I haven't talked to her about this, but I think that uh, you know, part of what influenced my daughter in her approach to this, and, and her husband too, has been you know working here. Uh, but they, you know, she said no TV. She told us as grandparents, mm -hmm. uh, and it was easy for us to do this because we had uh, yeah. pretty strict values when we raised our kids. Uh, well, the, we don't uh, want her to watch TV for the first two years. Well, if uh, you, at the American Academy of Pediatrics, mm -hmm. which is not a Christian organization, makes that suggestion. Mm -hmm. Because it's dangerous yeah. to a kid's brain. Yeah, it, and they're seeing it differently than we are. They're seeing colors and movement. They're not seeing story and. Well, their their spirits are their spirits yeah, are, true, are absorbing true. all yeah. that story, yeah. and it may not manifest itself in real time, yeah. physically until they're 13 years old. Yeah. But it's it's going into them. Yeah. Same the way same way the Bible, the Word of God, mm -hmm. goes into mm -hmm. them. If you're reading Scripture to them at 18 months or yeah. or a year, it's going yeah, I, into I love, them. I love that. Yeah, the, the, there's there's spiritual impact. You're on planting both, seeds. On both sides there. You're planting seeds that might stay like dormant for a decade, yeah. but they're going to come yeah, out. I love that. So um, the 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 effectiveness of this here uh, and the longevity, longevity of that depends really on the change that's happened in the home front during the year the kids are here. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I worked with you for, I think, a year or two doing family coaching mm -hmm. here, which really helped me to appreciate the fact that this is as much, uh, it's not a teen in crisis, it's a family in crisis. Absolutely So true. what do you, uh, I know you have parenting conferences here. You have another one coming up in, mm -hmm. a, in a couple weeks. Sure do. Um, just, maybe just answer this rather generally. What, what is the biggest change that has to happen at home for what you do here to be sustainable? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, the biggest change that has to happen is for parents to come uh, to realize and live out a biblical mm -hmm. worldview. Mm -hmm. Because what has happened, uh, Mitch, 
is that American Christians have gotten fat and lazy, uh, gluttonous on having things our way Mm -hmm. for the first 200 years of our Mm -hmm. American existence. Mm -hmm. We are just now starting to see what Christians around the rest of the world, Christian parents around Mm -hmm. the rest of the world, have had to deal with Mm -hmm. raising kids in a culture that was counterintuitive to a biblical mm-hmm. worldview. Mm-hmm. You see, we always had it our way, yeah. and we kind of perverted it actually a little bit. We got legalistic, and we, you know, and other things in, in, in the church here in America, and that's when our kids and most of America, a lot of American culture rebelled in the 1960s, and the declension has has has, has happened ever since then. Mm-hmm. And so now it's God's pruning; it's it's His way of pruning the church to say. I want to raise up a remnant of guys who really get it and gals who really get it, and then we're all going to have to take it on the chin, which you probably know we've taken it on the chin. And it's going right? to get it's going to get harder. It's going to it, get harder yeah. before it gets better. Yeah. If if it ever gets better, if the Lord doesn't come back, it, it might not. Uh, you know, things that we used to look at, um, even culture looked at as as being uh, you know abhorrent or or uh, wrong. Has now become yeah. normalized. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, yeah. a lot of the moral issues, you know, same-sex marriage, right. and attraction, and things like that. Yeah. And now, uh, I, I don't think it's so much the, that we as Christians are protecting ourselves. You know, how do we protect our kids from that? It's now in the church. It's now right. now you have kids in church in youth groups. Yeah. Uh, well, you got a homosexual church in your hometown. Sh- sure. Yeah. I, I'm I, I'm sure we do. Uh, but how how do um, yeah, you kind of distracted me with that comment. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, <laughs> they're sure. there. Yeah. And they'll use so, your Bible and mine yeah. to back yeah. up their well, theology. Yeah, so so a lot of the a lot of the things that again we're outside are now are now inside. And so he, here's a question, kind of linked to that. Um, what and you started out by talking about the, the church and, and then of course I, I brought up the fact that what you're doing here is part of the church. It's a community. Mm-hmm. It's it's the church living out. We're putting legs um, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what is the role of, of the church expand on this? little bit uh, in this conversation about the the impact of not just social media but these you know immoral values that are now becoming you know things that are that uh, there's a there's a degradation here isn't there the, you know the the normalizing of things 10 years ago they keep getting worse I mean it's some right. of the scary things we're hearing today right. uh, about pedophilia and things like that you know there's a TED talk really famous uh, thing that's gotten a lot of traction from I think a gal in Norway just talking about hey this is a this is a someone's born with this and we need to they're moving this it, way it is moving this way yeah and yeah, I yeah. mentioned this five years ago to some yeah, people that's the next thing we're going to hear about yeah uh, lower be, the age of consent first yeah, and there'll be a, there'll be a character on a TV show that will oh, yeah. exhibit that yeah. um, so Socrates with, Plato and Aristotle I mean yeah, my gosh yeah. these, these are the brains of the universe right yeah. and, I, I gotta get back to my English literature now and some of those guys were pedophiles <laughs> yeah. right yeah. So again, without without getting into that, uh, just more positively, how how do we how do we keep growing, nurturing kids in the in this kingdom of righteousness, knowing that this stuff is going to get worse? Mm-hmm. Digging your heels in, mm-hmm. digging your heels in, and teaching your kids from the youngest the youngest age mm-hmm. possible. I'm talking in diapers even. Uh, there's a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures uh, that you can teach your kids about. Uh, uh, pornography long before you give them, you know, the birds and the bees talk, and you can be grooming them. This is these are no touch zones. These are zones that no mm. adult can 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 look at. Mm. Okay, and then of course living out your biblical worldview, 
And if you think that 100% sheltering your children from the garbage that's out there is a smart thing to do, I think that's the wrong approach. Mm. I think you need to... Okay, say, say that again. If, if you think that sheltering your kids 100% from the hocus pocus mm -hmm. that's out there uh, is a good thing, I think that's the, the mm. wrong approach. Okay. I think you can okay. over-shelter your kids. Mm. But when they, do, when, they, when they are exposed to these horrific things, whether it's a sitcom or a certain song that comes on the radio, they need to hear that, see that stuff in your presence, mm. not out of your presence. So you presence. have a conversation so about it. So you have a conversation about it, mm. and you can break it down, and, 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 and you're giving your kids just enough for them to see how horrendous it mm. is compared to the worldview that you're indoctrinating mm. them with without them acquiring an appetite for it. Yeah. Because the problem has been parents are, are just, just letting their kids just carte blanche, go into the world, and they're being bit by the vampire. Mm -hmm. All right? by, by being bit by the vampire, I mean, you know, when you're bit by a vampire, now all of a sudden you have a taste for blood, yeah. and you're going to go out there and you're going to bite other people. And, mm -hmm. and that's what's happening to our kids. They've acquired a taste for this stuff to the point that what you're what you have taught them in the past seems so archaic yeah, and yeah, wrong yeah. and it goes counterintuitive to their fleshly desires mm -hmm. but isn't that the whole spirit's flesh uh, war right there mm -hmm. isn't that what the battle's all about to try to limit the sinful desires of the flesh mm -hmm. so that you can experience a little bit of the kingdom of god this side of the grave. And, and one of the ways that I, I I love doing that, I mean, when we were raising our kids, I, I try to do this, uh, and I encourage parents to do this. I, again, I, I love what you say, don't over-shelter, uh, but dialogue, have conversations, but uh, give a, and this is the point I want to make, give a, a moral and biblical reason for your reaction. Because there were times, I remember early on, if somebody was on TV, it's like, no. You know, I remember my kids were, I think they were probably eight or nine or something like that, two, two of them, my two oldest, uh, were at someone's house. And when I went to pick them up, they were watching something that I did not agree with. You know, we did not let our kids. And sure. I, they saw me angry. I, I said something Righteous rather unkind. Righteous I said something unkind yeah. to, the, to the, the family. Good for you. And I took the kids, and I, but I didn't talk about it. Uh, you know, I, should, I think later I learned, give a moral, biblical reason for why you're reacting the way you are. And, that, and that's how they learn that. They, mod, sure. they, they they watch that and observe that. Yeah. Trace, what, um, you know, certain, I can imagine with what you do here that um, there's a lot of opposition, there's a lot of, lot of attacks. <laughs> uh, yeah. What does that look like? Uh, I mean, because again, when you talk about you're interviewing people like uh, Tucker Carlson and this, uh, uh, this lady you're talking to today. Uh -huh. I mean, this is not just in the mountains of Georgia that you're doing this. This is becoming, you know, you're on 500 radio stations with your uh, your radio program. Um, what are you up against? And my reason for asking that is how, obviously, we can we can pray for you. Well, we're up against the wrong, wrong side of history. Mm. I mean, uh, the wrong part of history. I mean, we, uh, we're living in a part of history that has turned everything upside down and inside mm. out. Mm. And uh, uh, we're we're the haters. Mm -hmm. We're the yeah. bad guys. We're the judgmental people. If, if if heathens don't know one scripture, they know judge not lest you be judged. Mm -hmm. Totally taking that scripture yeah. out of context. Yeah. And so uh, we either believe what scripture says about living life, or we don't. And if we don't, let's not pretend like we do. Mm. But for those mm. of us who who get it, manifest 
the fact that you get it by living it mm. in front of your kids. Uh, because there's an old saying, you know, your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying. Mm -hmm. And more is caught than taught. I mean, those are cliches, yeah. but they're, they're very true. Uh, your, your kids are going to do what you do. And uh, one thing that's going to bring your child a, a great sense of security, even more than what you do, is who you are. Mm -hmm. Who you are. Because you might do something that's 180 uh, degrees out from what you truly believe. Mm -hmm. And that's when you can go back following the biblical principle and go to your children and say, Dad blew it here. Mm -hmm. Mom blew yeah. it here. Yeah. I'm sorry. So the standard didn't change. Yeah. I messed up. Mm -hmm. So it's going to make it easier for them when they blow it to come to you and genuinely and honestly say, Dad, I, met, I blew the standard. Yeah. I, I watched pornography last night mm -hmm. or I did this or that or the other. And then keep that relationship. And, and when your kids see that you're vulnerable, they're more likely to be vulnerable before you. And we can't, we've got to stop living this, this, this lie that we're perfect and we always get it right and we're never mm -hmm. wrong. And if we, we're too pri uh, prideful to apologize or repent ourselves, humble ourselves before our children and say, you know what? What I said to you was wrong. I am sorry. Would you forgive mm -hmm. me, Junior? Mm -hmm. You know, that goes a long way with kids, yeah. a long, long way. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Uh, one final question. Again, the audience here is uh, people in ministry and, as I said earlier, people who love ministry. So there's a pretty, pretty broad target there. What, would you, what encouragement would you give to the pastor, for example, in his leadership uh, over families in the church? What, what one thing would you want to, to leave with him? I would say remember when you're, when you're thinking about missions, um, Bill Bennett in 2008, which is the same year smartphones come out, he said, America is rapidly becoming the kind of nation that civilized nations send missionaries to. Mm, mm. A couple of years ago was the first year in all of American history where more missionaries were sent to America than mm -hmm. America sent out. Yeah. Right? There's something drastically wrong with that picture. Yeah. I don't think we have to be, get on an airplane and fly to Erie and Jaya or, you know, f any other third world nation around the uh uh, the globe to be a legitimate missionary. Now, we do need those missionaries. Yeah. I get that. Um, but let's not forget the missionaries that are in our own, that are in our own congregations that can be, let's not forget the missionaries in our own congregations that could be ministering to the people in our own backyards, yeah. at, yeah. at the workplace, whatever. That's, yeah. America has become a mission field. Yeah. Otherwise, other countries wouldn't be sending missionaries here. And so, We've got to remember those uh, uh, those people. Think about this, Mitch. If if we if we can bring more people into the kingdom in our own neighborhood, mm -hmm. then then that's when we're that's when we're prepared and equipped to send people across. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and because uh, we're, I, I know some missionaries. Yeah, and I'm, I'm not real impressed with mm -hmm. them. I mean, you know, I mean, we've had missionaries. We've had missionaries. <laughs> Bring their kids, kids here, here. Yeah. okay, yeah. and and they're clueless. Mm -hmm. I, I I spoke in a church in in in, in Tacoa uh, not long ago. I was talking about digital technology, mm -hmm. and the lady came up. She was a missionary to Thailand. She says, "Can I get you to come to Thailand and mm -hmm. preach this message to Thailand? Because my kids go to a boarding school in Thailand, mm -hmm. and my family and another family are two families of two hundred in that in that mm -hmm. boarding school." that remotely understand what you just spoke to yeah, today. Yeah. And their kids are on all kinds of crazy sites, doing mm -hmm. all kinds of crazy things. That's our missionaries. Yeah, yeah. Well, what We I, can do better than that. What I love hearing you say is that we are, this ministry as well as individuals, we are 
uh, carriers of the gospel. This is all about the gospel. This is all about people being, being rescued by Jesus from sin and adopted into his family. Uh, that's your goal. And, and again, challenge the pastors, uh, encourage parents to be, the, their primary mission is their kids, is the family. Yeah. And if kids grow up to discover the gospel and forgiveness of sins, they're more likely to want to share that with others. And, Absolutely. Yeah. And don't forget apologetics, pastors. Mm, yeah. I mean, we've got to be teaching our kids how to defend their faith. Their faith. First Peter 3.15, always be prepared to mm. give an answer, right? For the faith, you, mm. uh, hope you have in you, right? That's what we need to be doing. We need to be teaching our kids how to defend the faith. This is going to mean maybe a, a couple uh, sitcoms less a night, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, uh, an hour less or half an hour less a day uh, surfing the web. Mm -hmm. uh, or maybe when you're on the web, look at some apologetic stuff mm -hmm. and sit down with your kids and, and train them. I'm telling you, we have to do this. The game field has changed. Yeah. We have to do this. Yeah, Dwight Smith, who I interviewed uh, last year, podcast is going to come up next. And he, he taught us some years ago uh, when I was attending some workshops that cities that uh, – drop below 10% of, uh, of you know, the, the presence of Christians. So if a city drops below 10%, like Charlotte, North Carolina, for example, there are less than 10%. I think Charlotte? that's one of the cities. That's, that's evangelical Bible-believing uh, Christian. Really? They can only be rescued from the outside. And I think we're going to see an increase of that. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's, you know, uh, Buffalo, Syracuse, you know, uh, uh, in the northwest, northeast, but in the south as well. A lot of people are moving. These are the fastest growing cities in yeah. the country. And they're, and people are coming in who are not believers. Well, keep, keep in mind, too, that, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil. And Charlotte's the uh, the money hub of, of the south. Mm. And so it's mm. it could very Man, well. I hope no one from Charlotte's listening to this. <laughs> we love you. Oh, I hope they are because <laughs> yeah, we, we do love true. you. But yeah. uh, Proverbs 27, 6 says, yeah. wounds from a friend can be trusted. It's the enemy that multiplies yeah, was, kisses. Uh, just using it as an example. But Trace, we, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Uh, this has been a fast-paced conversation early in the morning, and you, you managed halfway through your jug of water, and I uh, drank all my coffee, so that, well, means, we're, that I, means we're done. I'm passionate <laughs> about what I, what I, I do. I know, I, I know that I know that I know because I see it in real time, and forgive me if I'm too passionate no, about it. No, you're not at all. That's why I want to do this, and I appreciate our friendship, and we'll do coffee soon and ride a motorcycle again. Absolutely. So I sold mine, so I'll have to borrow it. You can borrow one of mine. <laughs> Good deal. <laughs> Thank you so much, Trace. All right. Well, there you have it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Before You Quit podcast. And again, I'd encourage you to go to our, our uh, website, which is beforeyouquit.us. And again, if you have any comments or questions about anything we've talked about today or on any other episode, you can email me at mitch at beforeyouquit.us. I'd love to hear from you. So until next time, stay encouraged and be courageous because serving Jesus is worth all the hard stuff that comes with it. And remember what we're told in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 through 58. But thanks be to God. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So until next time, stay encouraged. Stay encouraged.